Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evenson. All right. So um, I got so many directions that I want to try to go with this tonight. But um, last month we talked about let's break something. And we had some pretty uh, more more in-depth plans than what we ended up doing out here for breaking stuff. But we decided, you know what, we're going to move right on to the next theme and not just not beat it too long, you know? So we're just like, let's break stuff out front. And, but really what our intent with all of the break it, let's break something is the realities. And I loved Becca's thing. Like she had written on there, like that was kind of what we were gunning for. We didn't give you a lot of instructions, but she wrote all over her glass fishbowl, like things that she was like, I am so done with this stuff in my life that I know doesn't belong. And it makes me like, it just frustrates you, right? It's the stuff in your life that you're like, why does this exist in my heart? Why does this happen? Ah, rah, right? And I won't make you tell everybody because that's between you and the Lord. And she put that thing out there and annihilated it. Yeah, right? So we're like breaking. It's more than just that was cool. Glass went flying. No, it was like, it's like, it's kind of, we call that a prophetic act. It's kind of fun too. Some prophetic acts are not fun. That one is. You get to break stuff, all right? So that's what we, we're shooting for with that. But um, I'm still totally hanging, and I love where it's all going. Dylan and I sat down at the beginning of the year, and we're like, let's like try to figure out what we're talking about every month for the whole year and lay out the whole thing and just be like, this is what is going to happen. And every single month, we kind of have a general, like, this is where we're going. But each week, it kind of morphs. We're like, oh, let's take it this direction. Oh, let's go. And I love that. We just kind of let the Holy Spirit do his thing. It's like, we'll set a plan. How many of you ever had a plan? How many of you have ever had it change? Yeah, so we're just like, it's cool, right? We're not going to be so stuck on it that we're like, God, we already decided. Get out of our way. We are so like, no, God, please rescue us from our bad plans, right? Is that it? No, not doesn't happen to anybody else. Okay, but anyway, but I loved how Dylan ended up wrapping up two weeks ago. Do you remember what he talked about? Do you remember? Chainsaws, that's what he taught about. Yeah, it was a nice lecture in home improvement. No, what did Dylan talk about two weeks ago? Fear, right? Were you afraid, Abby? Yeah, we got Abby stand up here and hold a chainsaw. It wasn't even running, and she's like, ah, right? In a little Abby voice, right? It was like, oh, my word, right? Like, and I personally, I have absolutely no fear of a chainsaw like Abby's fear of a chainsaw. And that's not bad. I'm just saying like, I've, ex- I have a lot of experience cutting down trees using chainsaws. The first time I did it, I was like, Oh my gosh. And I think my dad was more afraid than I was. Cause he's like, do this. And oh man, you know, it's right. Does that make sense? But I, I have gotten to the point now where I don't fear the chainsaw, but I, at the same time, I have a huge and absolute respect for the power that that chainsaw holds. So you could call it fear. You could call it respect. You could call it whatever, but it's not a cowering like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. It's a, I got to pay attention, take this for real and not screw around with it. Because if I do, there's some serious carnage happening. Does that make sense? And I do a lot of woodworking. So I work with a lot of things all the time. Like my garage is filled with death devices. And I have three small children and a fourth one on the way. Anyway, I'm so excited. Whew. Anyway, but I like my garage is literally filled with death devices that could take off limbs very, very easily without like, whoops, hand gone, right? 
and I have my children. And, like, and I've taught and raised my children from the very first time they go in my garage. You don't play with this. You don't touch this. This is dangerous. Same thing with the hot stove, right? Does everybody have a stove in their home? Yeah. Do you go and just like, hey, turn it on? So, Mom, had a rough day weekend. No, you're like, uh-uh, right? You following? I'm not going to park on this for a long time. But I do feel like this such, has such an incredible segue into what we want to talk about this month. That's a cool picture, Amelia. No matter what, right? No, no matter what is our theme for this entire month. What do you think we might be talking about? Boxing. I will fight no matter what. I will win, right? Did anybody actually watch the big match this week? Okay, someone did. We had one person that watched it. Did you pay for the pay-per-view? Oh, kind of illegally? Oh, for a group thing. Nice. That's cool. All right. So I don't really care that much about boxing. I watched one match a few weeks ago that just happened to be on, and it's cool. I'm kind of like, wow. But I have no desire to box at all. Does anybody in here like box, fight, do that kind of stuff? No? Anyway, all right. But this is, that is not what we're even talking about this month. But I do want, we, what we want to talk to you about is the ability to walk and live every single day in a confident stance before God. And what we would call that is the big F word of Christianity. Yeah, we even actually draw, like almost made our logo F-bomb for the month. Like F-bomb, the F-bomb, right? What is it? Faith. Don't shout the other one. No. Okay. Huh? They're all like, oh, you know that one. My bad. Anyway. Okay. But faith would be what we would call, it's like the Christian F-bomb, right? Like we are really huge on this thing because there's always a certain element of our relationship with God and what we do that is absolutely rooted in what we can believe without absolute um, physical, tangible evidence at all times. We get glimpses, we get shots of it, we get, you know, like, but we don't always necessarily have, we obviously don't have the end of the story, yet we've staked our entire lives on a God who's going to come through and completely obliterate the devil It's going to be so fun to watch that, right? Right? To see like the final whoop up, you know, like that's going to be a pay-per-view, 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 I don't know. Okay. That's going to be a good event, right? But we we have rested our entire lives in this, in the hands of this God that we say, I have faith and I believe that God will be who he says he will be and he'll do what he says he'll do. And I love this story right here. So we're going to talk about it right now. Where is it? Oh, no. Here it is. It's in Mark chapter 4. If you have a Bible, digital paper, any of that, you can pull it out. I like it when you participate in reading. Yeah, yeah, and reading is good. Anybody have them on their phones? You don't have to. Mark chapter 4, you can catch up with us. You've all heard the story, right? When the evening came and Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of... Yeah, a big big body of water, right? He goes across. He's like, let's go over to the other side. How do you think they did that? Okay, you guys, wow. It's not a trick question, I swear. Okay, in a boat. Yes, that's how you get across a lake normally, okay? Um, and it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along 
just as, as he was in, a, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came along, and the waves broke over the boat, and that it was nearly swamped. Do you know what swamped means by, in boat terms? Sunk, okay? Full of water. And if a boat is full of water, it goes down, okay? Yes, you guys are very brilliant. I just have to check now because you're like, how do you, I don't know, how do you get across a lake? That was a challenging question, so I'm going to take this a little slow, all right? Okay? So water in the boat makes the boat go down. Got it? So this is happening. And um, Jesus was in the stern. What was he doing? The stern, what, is, what part of the boat is that? That's the front, right? The stern is like the very tip front of the boat, okay? In a squall, it's being swamped, okay? Filled with water. And Jesus is doing what in the front of the boat? Sleeping where? On a cushion. It says it. Okay, Mark chapter 4, he brought his pillow. And Jesus is like chilling, okay? Now understand, and some of you have probably, like, all, obviously all heard this. What were like four or five of the disciples did what for a living? Fished, okay? Which means they, did, they were where? A lot. On a boat, right? So these are dudes who know how to get across the lake in that thing called a boat, okay? And this is like this big storm comes along. Jesus is asleep. And the disciples are doing what? Freaking out. The fishermen are going like, ah, and the carpenter is taking a nap. Do you like, that's just put yourself there and just be like, what? Like, come on. All of you would have an attitude with Jesus at this point. Like, dude, for real, right? And then it even shows right here. It says, um, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And these are fishermen. So if they have gotten to this point that says, Don't you care if we die? Because the other versions in the other books, because Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all talk about this story and they all have their own little take on the parts of it. Don't you care that we're going to die out here? These are fishermen. And he's like, Oh, man, for real, you're going to wake me up, right? You all know that feeling in the morning. Right? You are comfortably sleeping. Jesus was not like like sleeping. He was on a cushion. He was cozy. Does not want to get up to go to school in the morning. And his disciples are like, we're going to die. And he's like, please stop. Finally, he gets up. And what does he do? Jesus stands up in the boat. He's like, gosh, guys, for real? Are you kidding me? It's still storming. They're still about to drown. And he's like, you know, brush my teeth, check my hair. I don't know. And what does he do? Three words come out of his mouth. I don't know what it was in the Greek, but three words come out of his mouth. Peace, be still. And the disciples didn't say, oh, that helps, that's better. But what actually happened? Do you know the story? What? Yeah, the storm. Okay, picture that. Okay, this is like big, major deal. Storm, fishermen think they're about to die and drown. Jesus gets up, goes, peace, be still. Ah. And they're all sitting there going, dripping. Their beards are full of water, and they're like, what in the world, right? That's what they said, what in the world? I don't know, okay? Seriously, and what is Jesus' next line to them? Who's got their Bible out? Jesus' next line, what does he say? 
Right, question mark. Why are you so afraid? Why have you, do you still have no faith? These are the guys that live with him every day, watch him heal people and deliver people, raise people from the dead. They're hanging out with him every day, all the time. And at the end of the day, it's like, dudes, for real? Why were you afraid? That's a crazy question, right? If you're a fisherman who's like, no, we were going to die. And his simple question to them is, where is your faith? Why did you believe that you were going to die? Obviously, you're here with the Son of God, right? Which they did not get at this point in their life, right? Obviously. But despite all that they had seen, all the evidence they had and all of this and all like, in in the moment when crisis hit, they were like, ah, we're going to die and so is the Son of God and this would be a disaster. It's like, no, Jesus was bigger, stronger, better, and they had all the evidence required and all that was necessary to be able to go, hey, Jesus, we could use a hand here. I know you got this. But he rebuked him. He's like, why are you being afraid? Where is your faith? Is what it says in Luke. I think the account of Luke is, where is your faith? What have you put your faith in? You're hanging out every day with the Son of God, right here, watching it all happen. And when one crazy circumstance comes along, you bail out. And you get lost in fear. You lose complete memory of who I am and what I've done and what I have promised. Do you hear this speaking to you in the moment right now? In the crazy stuff that hits your life, the stuff that happens when you finally just go like, God, don't you care that I'm dying? And he goes, peace. Why are you so afraid? What, where is your faith right now? And so a little note that I wrote down on here, and I don't know if this is biblically correct or anything like this, but I would say where your faith ends, okay? I think it's biblically correct. It feels like, I don't know, okay? Where your faith ends determines or reveals how big you believe God to be. Is that fair? Like at the point when you go like, all right, God, I trusted you. I tried this thing. I'm out. You've just put a cap on what you believe God to be. And on the same side of that, your level of faith in God does not limit him. It limits you. It's the other thing I wrote on there. It doesn't limit God. When you decide not to believe in him, it doesn't make, God doesn't go, oh, I really wish I could it merely limits your ability to step into what he's already set out before you, right? And Chris Valentin was talking this one thing, and it says the whole Romans 8.28, anybody know it by heart? All things work what? Together for good. Which things count in that? All. Yeah, it says all. It's not like some, most, okay, many a few, it's all things work together wet. How? Do you know the rest? All things work together, what? For good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Chris Valentin says it really simply this way. Do you love God? Are you called according to his purpose? All things work together for good, for you. And as Chris Valentin says it, I love the little stuff he says. It's like, what in the world? Okay. Is this, if it's not good, then it's not over yet. If your situation's not good, if it hasn't 
work together for good yet, then it's not over. So hang on. Stay in it. Stick it out and say, okay, God, you promised I'm holding you to it. God is totally okay with you doing that. And go like, no, God, I will not let go. You promised you're going to come through. I'm standing here until it happens. How many of you were here for Gila Mandelson last night? Handful of you. This lady, oh my word, if you weren't here, get the stinking recording of it. One thing she talked about, she talked a lot about relationships and love and all this stuff, but there is such a crazy application across so much of what she talked about. And this whole thing she talked about with love last night was the chicken. That's like, I'll never forget that little illustration. Okay, She said, lots of people, you know, she said this one rabbi guy stood up one day and said, I love chicken. Yummy, right? But here's the problem, saying I love chicken doesn't have anything to do with loving the chicken. You got it? Why? She goes into this whole thing, right? If you loved the chicken, you would care for it. She's like, yeah, you'd have a little sling pouch thing, and you'd carry it around. You'd knit sweaters for it, and you'd have a little nice house in the back, right? That's what you'd do if you loved the chicken, right? But what we love chicken. How many of you love chicken? Yeah, right? How many of you have eaten chicken today? I did, right? Okay? I love chicken, right? But the, what she, the, 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 the conclusion she draws in that is when we say, I love chicken, we're saying, I love what chicken does for me. Because I really don't give a crap about the chicken. Really. Because if you really did, you wouldn't be going, oh, deep fried. Yeah, right? That's rough for the chicken. Just saying, if you've never experienced, like, what the process is, if this, hopefully this isn't new for anybody, right? If you've never experienced, that's a bad day for the chicken. Listen, that principle can be applied to the way that we approach our Heavenly Father. Because I think it's really easy to be like, I love God. Because he makes me feel good when I worship. Right? I love God because he this, he gave me this, he gave me this. Da, 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 da. He, because I have food on the table. I love God. We love to love God for the things he does for us. But could it be that we're not loving the God for just who he is and caring and respecting and living in a reverent fear of the source rather than getting so caught up in what he does for us and loving it. Oh, I love what God does for me. Because when you live in that place and suddenly something doesn't go the way you want it, your love just left. So this promise that says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose is not those who love what God does for them all the time. Now listen, God will bless you, blow your mind, and do way more, Right? God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask and imagine. So I'm not shutting this down like, oh, you'll never receive. Just, you know, because that's a whole wrong spirit that says, just serve God and live in misery, okay? Because that's not the heart of God. He doesn't want that. He doesn't believe that. He's not in the business of that. He's in the business of pouring out blessings. But it's what it is, is when we get caught up in loving what God does for us, And how it benefits us, it's idolatry. It's actually the worship of ourselves. 
because we're not really interested in him at all. And as soon as he lets us down, our love just left with it. He lets us down, quote unquote, which will never happen when you get a bigger picture and actually love him for who he is. And until you learn to love God for just who he is and not what he does for you, you probably are not equipped to love others for who they are and not just what they do for you. That takes faith, though, guys. It takes a stepping out and a reaching out with all of your heart and with all your life that says, God, I don't know how to do that because my human flesh says me, 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 right? Anyone else? Yeah. But I want to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and then just watch what he does through my life because he'll take every little piece and part of my life and make it work together for good the really crappy stuff, the really great stuff, the all things work together. So that would be, I guess, our theme. Let me see if there's anything else that I I had on here. We have to exercise our faith all the time, not just when crisis happens. I don't know that I have to expound on that, but guys, just living in a place that says, no, God will, God will, God will, God is. And when we love him like that, it's just like our little faith muscles just get built up. And we never get that question, where's your faith now? When the crisis and the storm comes, we don't go, ah, right? We've all been there. And it's just this like, no, you don't understand. If you just live in faith and walk in faith, no storm feels any different than any other. Was it Todd White that said back at the firestorm or whatever, he talked about God will bring your mountains low and your valleys high. And now what does your life look like? So suddenly you're not living in, ah, ah, right? When your faith rests in who God is, he's unchanging, he's constant, and he's always what he promised. So now a storm comes and you go, hey, Jesus, what are you going to do about this? Rather than, don't you care that I'm dying? Because that's the initial moment in our heart. And then faith takes action. You got to do something. And I'll end with this little testimony. She's not here tonight, so I can embarrass her. No, I won't give any names, but one of the students here in Airborne came to me a couple months ago and said, hey, I want you to pray for me because I really feel this this compulsion to pray for people, strangers, people I see. I'll be like, I just go, ah, and I've kind of wussed out on it. And I want to, I feel like I should, and I don't know, but it's like I kind of afraid to and whatever. And I said, well, let's just pray that you'll just go for it and just walk in obedience. She's like, okay, let's pray, okay? This person came back to me just like two weeks ago and said, okay, I made this whole goal that I was going to do. Like, I'm going to pray for eight people in the month of March, 16 in the month of April, 32 in the month of May, da-da-da-da-da, and as of last week, was at 15 out of 16 for the month of April, was what, last week, right? And was so excited. I've prayed for 15 people because she's just being obedient. It takes action, and it's like, and she could start to go like, well, out of the, you know, and in a year, can you imagine? I don't, I can't do the math that fast. But you're probably talking about 400, 500 people in a month, just as a, I don't know, my brain's not going to process it that fast. By the end of the year, four or 500 people a month, because it doubles every month, 32 to 64 to 120, right? Yeah. But in 12 months, that's like, boom, four or 500 people. Okay, what if one person gets healed, delivered, free, accepts Jesus, whatever. 
one. That's putting action behind your faith that says, God, I know who you are and I believe who you are. Now it's up to you to deliver. That's going like, I'm just going to pray because that's all you've told me to do. God didn't say, go and you do the healing. He just said, go out and declare who I am. Bring the truth of who I am and walk in faith. Is that cool? I think that's all I got. So stand up. So the theme name is no matter what, guys. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about standing in a place in our hearts that say, God, no matter what comes my way, no matter what comes across my screen, I will stand in faith and believe that you are who you said you are. And if you're standing here in this room and you're like, I don't have a clue who he is. I've thought I did at different times and I've like, oh yeah, I prayed a nice prayer. And like, but something in your heart just says, you know what? I feel like there's more to who this God is. There's more to this thing that I hear about and there's more out there. And I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to take it. I want you to find one of our staff here tonight and say, just pray for me right now, okay? And it takes a little act of faith because you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen. We don't necessarily know what's gonna happen either. That's the best part. But all things work together for good. So if you're in a place where you're like, my heart is calling and crying out to love God and to know what this looks like and to see the freedom that would come from the crisis in my life to be able to walk and have a God who says, peace, be still. And the craziest storm, the scariest thing that would ever happen instantly ceases. That's a reality we can walk in now, today. It wasn't just a nice Bible story. It was a model for our lives today. Where is your faith? Who have you put your faith in? If it's in you, it's going to run out pretty quick because we all have our stuff. God is constant. So the question is for the whole month, are you able to say it? No matter what, I will follow. I will lay down my expectations and all my little hurts and, oh, God, you've done this, and I don't trust you here, and you haven't delivered here, and da-da-da-da-da, and say, no, God, I love you for you, not for me. And then he goes, guess what? I love you for you, not for me. He loves for your sake, so you don't have to. And then his heart explodes in your direction, because he's the God of all resources that just goes, hey, she loves me. Hannah loves me. (laughs) Blessings flow because that's the heart of a father. Got it? So take a couple steps forward. I don't know. It feels really institutional right here. Okay. Get in a big huddle. Come really close. Get everybody just get close. Not to me, just to each other. Come on. Just get. We're family. (laughs) Come on. I know. It's like, oh, no. Don't touch, though, right? Get that Oxycontin going, right? Is that what I said? No. I mean oxytocin, right? Anyway. Come on. Put your hands out, up in front of you. Just come on up or out or something. Just raise your hands. Do you, it's an act of faith because you're like, why do we do this? I don't know because God says, call and ask and seek and knock at the doors. We don't know what's going to come out of it. We don't know exactly what it looks like, but in faith we say, God, I want it. I want you. I want your fullness. I want your Holy Spirit to come and I have no idea what's going to happen and It's an exciting thing to not know exactly what he's going to bring, but it's always good. So with your hands up, I want you to just make the statement in your heart. If you want to, if you really are at a place where you're like, God, I'm ready to say no matter what, 
I will trust you. I will exercise my faith when I can't see the other side, when I can't even see how it's possible. I'm going to call on your name and say, Jesus, what are you going to do about this? And watch in wonder as the Father who loves us, the God of the universe, opens his mouth and simply says, peace, be still. This storm is nothing. There is no storm that scares your heavenly Father. So God, I pray you'd bless these men and women in this room tonight with a spirit of faith that would rise up in them. And God is not commanding this great um, abundance of faith. What he says is the very smallest amount of faith, the faith the size of a mustard seed, which is super tiny. It's like a sesame seed or a poppy seed type size thing. It's tiny. That much faith, if it's pure faith, can move mountains and tell a mountain to go and move into the sea and it'll happen. It's in the Bible. That much. So we're not looking at, wow, can I absorb like enough faith to, whoa, look at me, I'm super faith. No, but if you can truly put your heart in a place that says, no, I 100% trust you with this mustard seed, mustard seed of my life. 100% faith. I really believe God will do what he says and that he loves me and that he cares for me and he's going to work this thing out. You open yourself to a whole new world of possibility. So if you're willing to say it, we're going to do it together as one. If you're willing to say it, no matter what, on the count of three, we're going to just shout it. Come on, don't embarrass me up here. I want it loud, okay? Those of you that mean it with all your heart, if it is just one of you, that's great. If it's every one of you, that's great. But we're doing it together as one. So no matter what, on three, one, two, three. Three. Come on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.